I think doing what's right can never be wrong. I think the universe will always protect those who are seeking change and really authentically giving of themselves to, to shape the world in a better place. I believe that your personal life and your professional life are inherently linked. And when you do the work on both sides, you can become the most successful version of yourself. This is a place where wisdom meets leadership, where success meets spirituality. Welcome to Do the Work with Denise Love Hewitt. So today I get to sit with Haley Sahar and Jace Barron, who I first met when I was DJing a Vanity Fair Oscar party. They started the dance floor. They had such good energy. <laughs> That's how we met and we've been lucky to stay in touch. You may know Haley from her groundbreaking performance in Pose. You may have also seen her in Freeform's Good Trouble, Transparent, Equal, and Mr. Robot. Haley has been featured in Vogue, Essence, Variety, Allure, Out Magazine, a bunch of other magazines. She's really incredible. In 2020, she was named one of the most beautiful people by People Magazine. And she's one of the handful of trans women to be highlighted by Playboy Magazine, paving a way for solidarity for all. Haley and Jace co-produced a documentary called Beyond Ed Buck, which premiered on AMC's streaming platform, All Black, which I'd highly recommend you watch. Jace is an award-winning screenwriter, author, executive producer, director, and advocate for the Black and LGBTQ communities. In 2016, Jace was invited to the Capitol to continue to bring awareness to sexual assault, specifically with men, and was part of passing the bill SB 816, revoking the statute of limitation on rape in the state of California. Since then, huge national movements such as Me Too, the Bill Cosby case, and several unresolved rape cases have made their way to court. So thank you, Jace, for your work. He's been recognized and awarded alongside Joe Biden, Ashley Judd, and more for his work broadening the conversation surrounding sexual assault. In 2018, Jace accepted an advisory board position with Yale University's psychology department on a new study that focuses on men dealing with sexual trauma. Haley and Jace are really leading the way in the work that they do to create a world that is equal for all. I'm so grateful that they're here. Thank you guys so much for being here. I'm so happy to welcome Haley and Jace. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. It's really, truly a treat. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you, because you're both in entertainment, what first called you and pulled you to entertainment? So entertainment has always been something that fascinated me. When I was a teenager, I wanted to be an actor. That wasn't the route I wanted to go anymore. I started modeling for a while, and it still wasn't something I wanted to do. And I ended up going to college and studying communications uh, and PR. And so once I went that route, I started working more and more with Bravo, some other networks and stuff like that. Um, and I realized that there was a lack of advocacy work. Mm -hmm. So I went complete advocacy. And I was speaking and going to the White House. And then I realized that I could merge those two worlds together. And so something that I do love and something also that I love. So it kind of, I think that entertainment is such a great medium to tell stories. Um, to have conversations, and it's an easy way for the mass of people to kind of understand and learn something and tell people stories. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And mine, I was one of those kids that was always in front of the mirror talking to myself. I was withdrawn. <laughs> I didn't have that many friends. So television and just entertainment was like my resource of an outlet. Mm. Um, and so with that, I was just playing make-believe, really. I started off dancing first. Uh, my mom put me in performing arts schools, and then I was training eventually to be an Ailey dancer. And also, um, I was going to join the American Ballet Academy as well. Um, so I started off my background in dancing professionally. And, I didn't um, know that. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. For the WNBA. So, and, yeah, oh, I, yeah, my first job actually was for the WNBA. I was a Sparks kid, so that was my first gig. And um, I was always auditioning for commercials and things like that. So. It was more of an outlet for me. That's how it started. It was a make-believe. It gave me strength to coming up and, and just having something to gravitate towards. Um, and then from there, like Jace was saying, it's an avenue to be a storyteller and a creator. And I believe that entertainment is one of the most influential things in the world. So I'm so happy and honored to be a part of it now. It's what I've always wanted. So I used to teach in New York. I would teach girls that couldn't afford dance class dance. And one of the things that I really instilled in them, like when I ended up moving to LA, was that like whether or not you're a dancer, 
dance is a life tool. Mm-hmm. It's like a way to mm-hmm. release and have something that supports you when you don't feel supported. Because yes. that's what it always was for me. It was like yes. catharsis. Yes. Yeah. I would dance in my room, I'd be going through stuff, and it was just like my tool. Yeah. Um, and I can imagine how that was like such an important release for you. Absolutely, absolutely. Especially, uh, I hate always talking about the trans aspect of my life, but being a trans child, and especially in the 90s, for me, there was no influence out there for me to gravitate towards. So it was an outlet for me. It was an escapism, and it is a way of life, like you said. Do you still do it? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I was such a off the wall nut job at home. I'm like always dancing around the house. Um, I do the same. I'm like, if I'm going through a breakup, forget it. She's doing modern dance. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. like, my neighbors must be like, who is this girl? up and like, yeah, all that. All that. But you guys touched on something that we talk about so much on this podcast, which is I believe that entertainment is the quickest way to create change. Absolutely. It is the quickest way to reach people, to really move things into cultural consciousness. And I really love that both of your work is focusing on that and so is that as you you obviously create a lot of work and you also get picked for a lot of work Mm -hmm. so when you approach every project is that something that you take into consideration before you accept a role i do um i do it's very important for me especially with the lack of representation um being a trans public figure um it's important for me to take on roles that i believe in and that are going to have an impact so i'm very selective when it comes to those things whether i'm producing them myself or being picked for them do you feel a lot of responsibility i do i do and um it took some getting used to but i believe that all of the things that i've gone through prior to people knowing me in the world now it was all a preparation Mm. um all of the hardships all of the trauma that i went through it prepared me for this moment to speak to people that have those same backgrounds and be a voice for them so it's a big responsibility but i take it with gratitude and you know, I'm a tough cookie. I can handle it. The trappings of Hollywood tend to be that when people get into this space with a lot of shiny objects and they lose themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have to be grounded in yourself to be able to accept that and not mm-hmm. lose your way. Mm-hmm. And so I think it speaks volumes as to not only what you've been through, but how you've worked on yourself to be able to stay grounded mm-hmm. within it all. Mm-hmm. I think when you don't come from privilege, there is a level of appreciation that you have for things once you do obtain them. Um, I am grateful for everything that I have, but I know that my purpose in life is much bigger than any glitz or glam. Mm. And I love glitz and glam, but my I do. <laughs> I do. I love. I love. Clearly, sequence today. I love Lovely fashion. Ladies. I love those things. I'm such a big fashionista. I love it, but. My purpose in life is much bigger than that. The true richness of who I am is my humanity. Mm. And so I know that from the things that I've been through. Do you have like a, a framing for your purpose? Like what do you know? What do you mean? Like if someone was like, what was your purpose? Would you, how would you relay that to the world? My purpose is to be an example of love. Love is not perfect. Love has imperfections, <laughs> but love is pure. Love is kind. Love does not judge. I'm an example and I think all of us are actually. Um, I think whatever we learn or obtain, we're supposed to give it out. We're not supposed to hoard it. So mm. whatever knowledge you have, whatever resources you have, you're supposed to give it out You know, before you transition and pass away from this earth into the next chapter. So um, that's, I hope that answers the question. No, that's beautiful. No, that's actually ironic. I have a pr- tattoo, you can't see it now, but it says pursue love right here. Mm-hmm. And that's literally that. I went to church when I was, I think 18, 19 years old, and they were talking about love in 1 Corinthians. Love is patient, love is kind. And I was like, wow, like that was such a groundbreaking moment for me. So I got tattooed on me. Um, <laughs> but love is such an all-encompassing thing. And, you know, to live and walk with love being the forefront, there's so much opportunity out there that could come. And like she said, giving it out to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as my purpose goes, I, my one of my taglines, I should say, is people are my purpose. Mm. Um, people, humanity, um, and I was just learning. I think it's fascinating just talking to people. I talk to strangers all the time. You know, my parents say not to when I was a kid. <laughs> um, I actually just went to film school, and uh, when I graduated, uh, but during film school, it's, uh, all of my classmates were from different countries, Saudi Arabia, Japan, Mexico. Oh, wow. And that was, almost more rewarding than natural classes because I got to talk with them about their experiences, their culture, their walk of life. And so just 
absorbing all these different things. And you would think that, you know, someone like me would have nothing to do with someone who's Saudi Arabia, but we were sometimes misclassed just having these conversations. So it's really people is really a driving force. And I think that people, the, their potential is unlimited. And I think somewhere with adulting, we forget that. And so just kind of reminding people of their potential and what they could do, because it really is, there's the sky's the limit. Yeah, just like when you meet people from different backgrounds, we just realize we're all, all the same. All yeah. The same. That's a thing. Yeah. It's so simple. I think life is so simple, and people have a tendency to make it complex, and it's really not as complex as we make it. It's so simple. Everyone really wants the same things, and they're just going about it in a different way. So. No, I always say, like, the most urgent need we have is to make people feel seen, heard, and loved. Mm-hmm. And if we do that, so much of the other stuff just melts away. Yes. Because that's all that people want. They want yes. to feel like they matter to you yeah. mm-hmm. and that they're seen and that they're loved. Yes. And so we're letting the fear block us from those things because we're afraid of being hurt. But yet, if we just allow ourselves to do that, we'd mm-hmm. all be much better off. Yeah. Agreed. Listening is such a big thing. Listening. I don't think people listen enough nowadays. Mm-mm. That came want up to talk. on an earlier episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. <laughs> well, that's the thing. He, he was saying that people are not listening and not relating. Mm-hmm. And relating is presence. Mm-hmm. And if you have presence, then you're really listening because you're not only listening to the person, but you're mm-hmm. listening to yourself at the same time. Yeah. But Ooh, that's, that's a good. hard yeah. thing to master for a lot of people when they feel, you know, just for, a lot of us are numbing ourselves with busyness or we're self-conscious about what we're saying and so we're thinking about the optics instead of just mm-hmm. being present and knowing that yeah. you know we're all human we're all fallible mm-hmm. as you said like you may not always say the right thing mm-hmm. and that's okay it's okay it's life we're all learning no one has the answers no one has the answers no one mm-hmm. does and if anyone says they do they're lying they're, they're lying. lying you learn from the day you die <laughs> if you stop learning what are you doing exactly no that's what i love about this this whole podcast it's just a journey of curiosity i just get too like glean from experts I get to learn and it just makes me feel so in awe of the bigger picture because I'm like I don't know about any of these things half the time and I get to really delve into these little topics and mm-hmm. learn from experts and it's that's to me I'm like what a gift it's like a free master class yeah that's huge well, it's a mutual thing too right because we're I absorb from you I absorb from from Jace as well it's a, it's a mutual thing it's the giving that what I was saying earlier what you learn it's like giving it back out so yeah, the reciprocity yeah, yeah. So going back to projects you guys pick and work on, you are working on a biopic. Yes. Tell us about it. The Sir Lady Java, the one and only. Um, She is a legendary icon, trans woman from the 60s, pre-Stonewall era. Um, And what she's responsible for is changing law number nine, which used to prohibit anyone from working and dressing as we see people having the freedom to do today. Mm. So she changed that law. She started the movement. And the significant significant thing about Java is she was an entertainer performing at clubs with Red Fox, Mm. Richard Pryor, Lena Horne, in a time where being trans was not popular and you know, you're getting thrown in jail. She actually was performing at heterosexual clubs and um, was respected. And so she was an actress. She was in The Human Tornado. I believe they did a remake of that with Eddie Murphy, Dolomite. Mm -hmm. Um, She was in the original one as her authentic self. She was on the covers of Jet Magazine in the 60s. And it's like, when I learned her story, I said, why don't we know this? This is profound history. This is during a time where it was not okay to be yourself. Um, let alone be trans. So the fact that she was able to have the respect from Hollywood, land covers, movie mm-hmm. deals, and then change law, and, and we reap the benefits of it today. Um, I had to meet her and tell her story. So she's still it, with us. Yes, yes she's still with she's us. Still here. Where is yes, she? She's in LA. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. She's 80 <laughs> years old now. Oh, my gosh. Um, she's a dear friend. It took me a process to find her and, and then eventually get her grace. Um, earn her grace, I should say. And so we're really great friends right now. She's one of my trans mothers and mentors. And so we are in the pre-production of um, mm-hmm. the the project. Uh, Anthony Hemingway is slated now to direct. Amazing. So mm-hmm. it's it's been a journey, but one that the community needs, that the world needs. Um, and then the last thing I want to say is, I think when we talk about Java and her significance, what she's done has really helped even people outside of the trans community. Um, there's so much androgyny now with mm-hmm. nail polish wearing and things like that. And I think people today don't realize there was a law that you would go to jail for these things. Yeah. And so 
you know, we are really reaping the benefits and standing on the shoulders of a beautiful trans woman um, who has the courage to stand up for the world. So I'm excited to portray her and get her story out there. She's so glamorous and it's I really love her. amazing mm-hmm. story. I think there's so much untold history that we don't learn. Absolutely. And to discover that and then have the opportunity to share that with the world or bring it to the world on a broader scale is pretty mm-hmm. profound. Yeah. How did you first hear about her and her story? So this is pre-pose, this is years back. Um, I was doing lip sync performances around town and I was um, rehearsing at the studio space and there was a gentleman there that owned the space. And at this time in my life, I thought I had to tell everyone that I was trans. So I said, hey, I wanna work here more often, but I wanna be upfront with you. And I told him I was a trans woman, he couldn't believe it. And then he started thinking and he said, "Um, you remind me of this woman in the 60s, her name was Sir Lady Java. And I said, who is that? You know, I didn't know my own history. So um, he told me a little bit about her. I went and I started Googling and I found this breathtaking woman in this two piece um, mm-hmm. outfit with her hair pulled up and just gorgeous black and white photo. And I was like, I have to meet her. Um, I began to try to search for her and I knew some people you know, that did activism work. And so I reached out to them. It took me quite a few years. One of my friends said, when you meet her, you need to tell her story. You need to like be her. Mm-hmm. You are the new embodiment of Java. And so I said, wow, that's a great idea. And um, I began <laughs> that. It took me up over, I want to say five years before I found her. Look at all these angels here architecting yeah. this moment for yeah. you. Yeah. That now you get to, <laughs> yeah. li- like it's it, they birthed it into reality for it's you. It's been a journey. It's been a journey for me. and. What people don't see is that I work behind the scenes. I work, I hustle. And so it's been a journey. And and Java and I met and took two years. We became friends. And she said, you know, at first I had my reservations. She said, but you are a classy woman and you deserve to tell my story. You have the heart. She's like, I was always looking for the right girl to tell my story. And so that just meant everything to me. Did you cry? Um, of course I cried. Mm-hmm. Of course I cried. Uh, that was everything to me. And so now we're here. We're here. And um, like I said before, she's my one of my mentors and one of my trans mothers. And um, I'm learning from the best. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, Made me really excited. Oh, yeah. I hope that you're recreating some of the looks. Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> Are you kidding me? So, so Java and I, we have a sketchbook and we're designing new outfits yes. and also recreating some of her old outfits that she wore. And she's given me some garments of hers from the past that will actually feature into the movie as well. Geeking out. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's a whole production. It's a whole production. Yeah. And what imagine it's like the most flamboyant, like just oh, beautiful oh, yes. outfits. She's from New Orleans and she's like big feather Feathers and, and, and jewels. jewels and diamonds mm-hmm. and furs and limousines and just black excellence in Hollywood. I love and, this. You know, people used to come to see Java's show, you know, Lena Horne. I mean, you can Google these things too. There's an iconic picture of Lena Horne and Java together where Lena Horne came out to see Java. The clubs used to be packed down the street just to see this person because it was new to everyone. Wow. You know, and so she went through a lot of derogatory things. I believe some of the titles were beautiful, most beautiful man alive, things like that. Is it a man or is it a woman? Um, but just to know the history that we've mm-hmm. come from. And then fast forwarding now to, with the success of Pose and Orange is the New Black and just all of these iconic shows, Euphoria. Um, we're standing on the shoulders of people that really had to go through hardships for us to be here. So giving back is an honor for me. Well, it must be really gratifying for her as well to also see that that work, you know, because sometimes you do the work and you do the activism mm-hmm. and you don't see the benefits. You don't actually yeah. know how it builds. And mm-hmm. so I'm sure it's very like heartwarming for her to be in a place where she's like, wow. Yeah, I hope so. I'm always like, looking for her approval on things I think she's so I just she respect adores her so you. much she adores you she tells me all the time she's like she's so classy she's such a lady I see myself in her oh. and so she you definitely have the stamp of approval so okay no I get that too I feel that way with people you really are in awe of who've really like you know led the way for you it's like you're mm-hmm. like always like I hope I'm doing yes. them justice mm-hmm. yeah yeah so the other thing you guys co-EP'd Yes. A documentary, mm-hmm. which I watched, mm-hmm. and was very important, but also very heavy. Yes. And a really um, intense material to watch. But I want you to take us through Beyond Ed Buck. 
why you chose to spotlight this and the process. Because I, I, I feel like it was such an important documentary for the world to watch and take notice of. But it's also one of the things that you know shows us that um, amidst all the good, there's this, there's a lot of bad, mm-hmm. and there's some shadow sides of the world and some dark things in the world that we're not actually giving enough space and time and advocacy towards. Mm-hmm. So if you could just walk me through like the genesis of it. Yeah. So um, Beyond Ed Buck was a project of um, love and giving back. Uh, it took over five years to do wow. from start to finish. Uh, we actually started when. And just to give context, Ed Buck was a political donor in West Hollywood who uh, two uh, black gay men were found deceased in his apartment, um, overdosed off of crystal meth, and no arrests were made. And so uh, finally a third person uh, overdosed and survived, and that was what caused the arrest. Um, But while people were protesting and wanting justice, uh, nothing was being done. And that just speaks to privilege. It speaks to money and the way that it's looked upon in this um, country, and also politics as well. Because he had a lot of, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton, a lot of people who are um, kind of in his world of donations. Um, but we started this project when Jamel Moore was the who was the first victim that we know of, because we don't really know the real answer. Um, he passed away, and we started pre-production. And then Jamel, um, sorry, Timothy happened. Um, almost a year and a half after that, and we kind of brought in that scope even bigger than that. And so, and then Haley came on board as an executive producer and brought, it, brought in it even more. I'll let her speak more about that as well. But it, we initially saw this as a bigger problem. When I first heard about what, what was going on, it wasn't, um, I had heard about the crystal meth epidemic going on in the black gay community. And so, we saw that as a bigger problem and kind of not focusing on the actual case because it was much bigger than, there's more Ed Bucks out in the world, in yes. LA, New York, you know, everywhere around the world. And so we wanted to have a larger scope or I guess lens on that. And then um, Haley could speak to more about the even beyond part that we went to. Yes, so um, I actually personally knew Jamil Moore, one of the victims, and um, I come from Ballroom in LA, so I, I knew him from that chapter. So when Jace approached me, um, it was a no-brainer for me. I think that the subject matter of drugs and the abuse of power is something that we don't talk about, as you stated, enough. And so I am in a position to use my voice and being selective on the things that I, I take on. Um, this was necessary. People are dying. It was mm-hmm. a simple answer to me. People are dying at the hands of people with positions of power, and no one's doing enough about that. So when I came in, I said, if we're going to have this conversation, we need to expand it even further and bring in gender nonconforming people, mm-hmm. trans storylines, because as we've talked about in the documentary, they're at the lowest of the totem pole when it comes to marginalization. So um, it was important to include those stories and really dissect the um, traumas that people face and just give people a voice that aren't heard. Well, it takes so much courage because in the matrix of Hollywood to speak out against power, whiteness, Mm. privilege, it takes a very courageous person to do that. You know, a lot of this story, because it was public, a lot of production companies wanted to take it on. And Mm. we were actually approached by a production company, um, and I'll just be transparent, who said it was a sexy story. Um, You know, the next uh, Ted Bundy story. And, you know, it was a bigger company, and we ultimately turned down the offer because of the integrity behind it. We knew that we had the range to tell the story that needed to be told the right way, where it wasn't sensationalized and actually had a bigger impact. And, you know, we put our own resources, a lot of our own resources into this. And, you know, um, you know it all worked out. All Black, who is part of AMC, they picked it up last year, so we premiered last year. Um, and it's been going, and we're working on a couple other things with the film. We've been on tour okay. across the country, as well as internationally in Canada. Um, we just came back from D.C. a couple of weeks ago, and we have more things on the planet. I think doing what's right can never be wrong. I think the universe will always protect those who are seeking change and really authentically giving of themselves to to shape the world in a better place. So I believe in that. I mean, I'm a trans woman who grew up in the 90s and I'm here in Hollywood today, only through my faith and being authentic. I mean, I'm just so grateful that people are pioneering in that way because I think my time at corporate Hollywood 
you see exactly what you talk about. Someone comes in and says, like, this is a sexy story. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. this is nothing about this is sexy. This is mm -hmm. heartbreaking and tragic. And why are we even approaching something like this with that lens? Mm -hmm. Because we just lost sight of the point. And so people that are here doing this, like, beautiful and valuable work, it's just so, I'm just very grateful mm -hmm. as just a friend and a, and a viewer because it's it's the stuff that I think we need to see a lot more of. And I'm, I'm just thrilled that you both have a pipeline of that. Thank, thank you, you. And, and thank you as well for yeah. giving a platform and for being courageous enough to have authentic conversations. Absolutely. Well, I think it's not, we have to talk about it. We have to push it forward because, you know, also as like a white woman, this is a thing that I think about, which mm -hmm. is I don't, I want, how can I be the least harmful person walking through space that I can possibly be? And that involves a lot of daily maintenance, that involves mm -hmm. a lot of work, and that also involves knowing that I'm going to inevitably fail. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But I think that's, I feel a lot of, when we talk about responsibility, I feel a lot of responsibility to try and create the world I want to live in. Absolutely. Because my world doesn't look like me. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's not the world I want to participate in. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. There, oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, um, the, one of the people in that documentary, The Never Ending Nina, who also yes. sang on the song, she says something in the documentary, you have to navigate the world in order to change it. Yeah. And so that's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Now we get in the world. Like I said, we, we all make mistakes. We all, you know, trip up. But it's the integrity of what you do with that or mm -hmm. how you recover from that or if you're w willing and listening to learn from lessons mm -hmm. is where people's, like, morals are. Yeah. Well, I think that the moral thing is that's a lot of what I believe we're in a crisis of moral leadership, which is what really spawned a lot of this podcast was mm -hmm. I, I was like, people have just lost sight of ethics. Mm -hmm. And so to be sitting with two people that you have such a clear right or wrong is frankly rare. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of what I've experienced in my time navigating. It's like a lot of people have lost sight of the ethics. I just read this book. It's like a, I guess a sermon. It's called On Bullshit. It's like a short little <laughs> philosophy <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> book. And it was so interesting because what it said in it was that liars are actually better than bullshitters because liars know that they're lying. They're mm -hmm. on the opposite side of truth. Bullshitters who don't even hold truth as a value. Mm. And I was like, Whoa, that's deep. You're right. Yeah. Because when Yikes. you're a truth teller, like I'm a truth teller, like mm -hmm. whenever I want to hear it, I'm a truth teller. Yeah. That I hold that to a deep value. Liars also hold it to a value because they're doing the opposite, but bullshitters, it has no value. Yeah. And that's what we see a lot of, which is a lot of like gray in the truth mm -hmm. department, mm -hmm. which means we've lost sight of that truth is even a value. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just speak, I'm thinking of certain people who are that way and it's like, oh gosh. Yeah. It's not good. No, it's not good. And so, you know, working on projects and embodying a way of life that is like, this is right and this is wrong, and I know I'm supported because I'm right, it's it's just a value we need to see more of. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I have a lot of gratitude sitting next to you for that. So yeah. thank you. Likewise. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. But speaking of what's next in the pipeline, you have music. My music <laughs> girl. <laughs> I am so excited. Okay, I'll let you ask. What are you going to say? No, no, I do. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I want to hear from your lens. I know this has been a long time in the making. Tell us about what's coming, and then we can dig in more. So I recorded my upcoming single, which I announced on my, my social media. Um, I recorded this over five years ago. The universe didn't see fit for it to come out then, so whatever happened, happened, and I trust the universe. So it's coming out now, and I'm excited. I cannot wait for people to get to know me, the real me, mm. the chill me, mm. you know, not all the glitz and glam, just the chill me. Um, and who Haley is, you know, I think obviously people are more familiar with me from the things that the projects that I've taken on, but no one really knows me. And I also am aware that I'm more of a reserved person. I don't do a lot of interviews. I don't go out in public as much as my other previous castmates do. Um, but I'm, 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 I'm pulling the veil back and I'm letting people see me now. And it's what I've always wanted to do and I'm excited. Um, Jason and I both uh, directed the video together and um, just using my creativity and, and, and making art is, is so powerful to me. So I'm really happy with this project. I just wanna go back to talk about divine timing which is so many people yeah. are trying to control the pace of their career mm -hmm. and their life. Mm -hmm. And you had the ability to say, okay, when it's time, you'll tell me when it's time. Mm -hmm. That's Trust. Well, I fought against it. Let me, <laughs> let, me honest, let me be honest. You know, I, I'm human. So, of course, when I wanted something done, I had actually shot a video for this 
when I recorded it. Wow. And it was a bad deal. It didn't go through. So I had to redo everything over and with new concepts now. But I was like, oh my gosh, I kind of got a little depressed. I'm like, I want this to come out now. I'm ready for it now. People are paying attention now. But for whatever reason, I have learned that when things don't happen, it's for a reason. Yes. Blocks are and a blessing. Blocks, blocks are, are a blessing. blessing. Yes. yes. So it's happening now because it's supposed to happen. And I trust that. I trust that my fans will will see me and will vibe with me. You know, it's a vibe. And I'm just ready to be myself and not just the characters that I play. Can I'm, we expect dancing in the I'm video? A dancer. I was like, I was I'm, like I'm ready, I'm ready. Yes. Where's the choreography mm -hmm. at? Yes, yes, absolutely. You will expect dancing and it's a concept, it's a theme, it's really thought out. You'll see a I'm lot pumped. of work. Yes. Resources and finances went into this video. Yes. So I'm really excited. I'm really excited. I'm going to be playing. I'll be playing at the club. I'm yes. playing at the club. Yeah. It's a yes. vibe. Yes. It's a vibe. Yeah. That's another thing, too. Like, the support of just people coming in has just been so wonderful, even with the process of making this video, because it was definitely a process. And, you know, and we're at the final stretch yes. of this, and it's, it's a beautiful video beautiful i mean the people who have seen are like whoa and so <laughs> well, it's expect no less oh yeah from Haley over here okay of course thank you thank you top thank tier you. nothing less <laughs> <laughs> and i do, gotta do it for my fans i have such a huge fan base um all over the world and specifically to brazil i have so many fans over there and so they've been asking and saying when is the music coming out when is the music coming out so i had to do it i had to pick up those tears you know trust the universe and say you know what i'm still going to put it out and it's for the fans mm -hmm. i love this mm -hmm. what a fun chapter so as you move forward balancing music and acting mm -hmm. how do you think that's going to look in what way like it's a lot it's a lot mm -hmm. to be just an actor and shooting a show and then you're adding now music which you're probably going to want to tour and perform mm -hmm. like are you trying to like figure out your like how does how do you figure out how you proceed over the course of a year when you have so many things to do balance balance i think everything in life for anything to be successful one thing can't lack so it's about balance for me um again i, I don't like to always equate everything back to being trans but there's so many lessons in being a person who is marginalized i've learned different ways to navigate have a lot on my plate and still get done what i need to get done um and i, I don't know the right words to, to explain that but balance, yeah. my, my life is all about balance. Balancing depression, balancing work, balancing family time. Um, this is just another avenue for me to balance. Yeah. Um, and I like to work, I, I do. I love to create, mm -hmm. so I'll find the time to do it all. <laughs> you know, I think you're right. So when Angelica Ross came on the podcast, we talked about how being trans is actually a spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. And that there's the, the process that you have to go through to be yourself is something that you sort of have to be enlightened, I think, to get through that mm -hmm. in that way because it's like everything's telling you not to be who you are mm -hmm. and you have to decide, okay, despite all of this, I'm going to choose to be myself. Mm -hmm. And that is, I think, the part that people miss when we mm -hmm. have the trans conversation is that you learn so much spiritually to get to that point. That's a good way of putting it. I like, I love that. Thank you, Sister Angelica. But that's <laughs> a, it's, it's a spiritual journey. And so yeah. there's a lot of tools that I have that give me the resources to balance. And so it's a great way of putting it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what's next for you, Chase? Woo, so much. Well, you know, obviously we have a lot of projects together um, and I'm not gonna disclose quite yet, that's but that's- Some good things we in work the in. Yeah, yeah, we work in, yeah. We booked and busy. Booked and busy. <laughs> I, will, I wanna touch upon Ed Buck a little bit because it's funny because uh, when a show launches, you think it's like, okay, typically it's the first year, but we're really kind of getting our second win with Beyond the Bug, even though it mm, premiered wow. a year ago. You know, mm -hmm. we're working on a college tour right now um, with a few different colleges on the East Coast as well as the West Coast, and also working on passing the Equality Act. Yes, yeah, so we're mm -hmm. working on getting an Equality Act passed right now. So mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit about, because you have passed a bill before. Yes. So now you're going back <laughs> yes. to pass another one. Mm -hmm. I have known nothing about that process, and I'm just so curious because it feels like such a heavy lift to architect everyone to be in favor of something. What was that like? Um, yeah, so to give context, um, I was sexually assaulted in, I forgot what year, um, but in 2015, I was part of revoking the statute of limitations on rape in California. So when the Bill Cosby trials and Harvey Weinstein's were going on, um, 
there was a call to action with the Me Too movement to have people who were assaulted in the 80s, um, 90s to be able to have the right to press charges. And that was illegal before it was 10 years. Um, As far as my involvement, like we say, the universe, serendipity, I didn't even know about the bill at Mm. first. Um, I decided I was, at the time, I was writing for a publication uh, based in Connecticut called HIV Equal. And the topics were, you know, about black queer experiences, but I approached my editor, I was like, hey, this happened to me, I wanna write about it. And he was like, that's kind of off topic. I was like, okay, well, that's what I wanna do. And whatever possessed me to do so, I did it. And it had over 600,000 hits and views. And from there, uh, Assemblymember Mike Gibson and Gloria Allred contacted me. Wow. um, The same week, actually owned it as well. Um, And they flew me to Sacramento to speak at a press conference, um, cameras everywhere. And it was just very fresh to me. So I I don't think I was having, I was having an outer body experience. Were you were you like were you nervous? It feels like a very vulnerable thing. I too. was. The thing is, I didn't really calculate what was going on until after. Um, for me, my thing was like, I want to help people. So how do I help people mm. the best way I can? And so I was like, okay, well, it went viral. So now I'm doing it. Okay, I'm now I'm going to Sacramento. I wasn't really thinking about myself, and so I just was kind of just going. And I've always been, you know, a public speaker, you know, podcast, doing interviews, and so it wasn't difficult for me but I will say that after it was all done I had to sit with myself I was exhausted and I didn't really I didn't give myself the time to um, the self-care that Mm. we talked about today I didn't do that Um, I just was like help 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 and I was kind of like a robot and but you know we pushed through in the past and now people are able to press charges no matter what limit. And it was kind of ridiculous to me when I heard about the bill and it was presented to me. Like why have a limit on um, charging or going after someone who has hurt you physically um, and emotionally? And it was, it, it didn't make sense to me. So I was more than willing to, you know, be a voice, especially for people who you may not think that are victims. Mm. And so that was, it was, it's taken off from there. You know, I've helped Yale University as well as far as our case study in the psychology department. Um, and we continue to tell the story and help people. Yeah. We're, we're doing the work behind the scenes. It's not just a project that we produce. We're actually no, no, doing the work. No, no, it's a huge behind. lift. Yeah. yeah. So, we, we say it's a call to action film. A call to action film. Mm-hmm. Well, great docs. I think I have a friend, she made a doc. And what she did is she ended up touring it across the U.S. and going to schools and sharing mm-hmm. it. So it created not only a massive audience for it, but there's an education component you can instill as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Which is such an important part of why we make docs. But mm-hmm. it takes so much time to actually do the touring and the education part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we were in... 15 film festivals last year. Wow. Took home six awards. Won six so, awards, yes. Yeah, so it was, yeah, thank you. So it was definitely really, really busy. I mean, we were mm-hmm. on a plane constantly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you think that, you know, okay, after the first year of a film coming out, it's like, okay, but really, I think this is the whole another beginning of what is to come. It's the universe. It's the yeah. universe. It's all well, I think thing. when you have the courage to take on something meaningful to your heart and you have also, frankly, the guts to work on such difficult subject matter, because not only is it hard to it's emotionally hard i have to imagine to mm-hmm. make a film like that oh yes mm-hmm. yeah so you're not only like making the the physical labor of the film there's an emotional labor component as well that's also deeply mm-hmm. challenging to navigate but i think once you do that you know the universe supports that because mm-hmm. you're in flow you're speaking mm-hmm. your truth absolutely i agree yeah and it's still the film is about what's happening right now yes. it's still very current it's very yes. like apropos so you know, when people see it, it's not something that happened and then like, okay, well, no, it's just happening right it's now. It's still going on. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, society preys on the people that are the most vulnerable yeah. mm-hmm. because they can get away with it. Mm-hmm. And so you have to keep talking about it because mm-hmm. there's no reason anyone should feel that vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or unsafe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no reason at all. So you two have a, you produce a lot together. You create a lot together. Mm-hmm. What is that process like? Because creative partnerships can sometimes be challenging, and you—it seems like it's a bit of a science for you guys. Like you're, you keep doing it, so it obviously works. Uh, we're great business partners together. Um, mm-hmm. We give each other the floor. We listen. Mm. Yes. We listen to each other. We respect each other. I don't think anything would work with us if we didn't have respect first. Yeah. I respect Chase. Chase respects me, and um, 
we know that both of our voices matter. Mm-hmm. And so we're able to work authentically and just efficiently together. Yeah. And also know our our strengths as well. Yes. We know our strengths and we know our opportunities as well. I don't want to say weaknesses, we say opportunities. And so where mm. I may be what lacking- a, I'm sorry, what a good reframe. Oh yeah. Weaknesses are not weaknesses, they're the opportunities. opportunities. <laughs> yeah. Woo, okay. Yeah. Let us sink <laughs> I know in. my takeaway. <laughs> yeah, opportunities. Um, and so I know my opportunities and so that's something that you know Haley fills in the blank. And so just the dynamic of just creating things. And we also know that you know, it's respect, but it's also integrity as well. Mm-hmm. We're not going to put anything that is lackluster or harmful out into the world. And we both know that about each other. And so everything that we do, whether it be a music video or a documentary, is going to have some type of impact and mm-hmm. hopefully change the world. How do you figure out what's next? Ideas just come to us. Yeah. I just <laughs> actually yeah. uh, mentioned an idea yesterday to Jay. So I said, hey, I have this idea. I want to do this. We have to do it. And then I'll start brainstorming and just saying things and start making a vision board. Saving videos. Saving videos, saving saving clips. Mm -hmm. And then we'll we'll say, okay, well, let's talk at seven. Let's talk at seven. Okay, great. We'll have a meeting. We'll brainstorm. He'll be like, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I could see that. And let's add this or let's do that. and Or vice versa. It could be a different Mm -hmm. situation where Jace says something to me. And if I like it, I'm like, yeah. And all these things just start coming to me um, because I'm a creator. So um, we just work well together. We yeah. just cool. do. I was on the phone with my friend the other day, and I was, he's like, how's life? I'm like, it's like a charcuterie platter. <laughs> like, we have some <laughs> we grapes. We have some sausage over here. We got some salami. We have some, you know, Gouda cheese and some smoked cheddar. That's kind of what it is. I love that. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of everything. It's your mm-hmm. slate as a charcuterie plate. Yeah, mm-hmm. Forget the word slate. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. charcuterie now. It's charcuterie. You both obviously have a deep connection to your spirituality and yourselves. Mm, mm-hmm. Where did that start? Well, I mm. am a preacher's kid. Mm. So I grew up in a Baptist family and church. However, I'm spiritual now. I believe in universal love. Um, and I would have to say that that comes from my mom's teachings. Mm. Um, so for full context, my dad is a pastor and my grandfather and that side of my family. My mom is more spiritual. And so having that root, as I like to say, and, and growing from that, that's where mine comes from. Yeah, um, I too, um, my stepfather is a pastor, so we were definitely raised in, heavily in a Baptist church. Um, I think that those were great lessons that I took away from. But, you know, like Haley, the spirituality came to it when I kind of were having um, friction with some of other of those lessons. And so I kind of had to lean on God or the universe or whatever a lot when I was battling bouts of depression or whatever and having to unlearn and then relearn things that I was taught, whether it be from religion or from, you know, my adolescence or, you know, even friends. And so there's, there are challenges in life that happen. Um, and coming out on the other side and knowing that you're going to be okay. And that comes from somewhere. Totally. And so that's kind of what I've had to lean upon and just trust, trusting the process, trusting God, um, trusting the universe that you're going to be okay. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, you know, people want to have control over everything. They want to have control. They want to, but sometimes you can't control everything. There's yeah. things that you can't control. And so there's no point in stressing over those things. Mm-hmm. Um, just letting the world work the way it works you can control yourself though absolutely and trusting yourself you know we talk about god and and people have a different understanding of what that is a higher power i like to say god lives within us the higher power lives within us whatever your belief system is it Mm -hmm. lives within you and you have control over how you choose to navigate and see things and and take things on in the world and so like jace my faith in what i believe in and trust in the universe is what I've also had to lean on a lot of my life. And it's done great for me. It doesn't always go the way I want it to go when I want it to be that way. But when it happens, it happens and it's a big impact. So I trust that. Faith is so, it's so hard though, right? To get to mm-hmm. surrender is so yeah. hard. Surrender, that's the word. So hard. Surrender. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it took me a long time. I had to like have the dissolution of my company and a whole breakdown for me to reevaluate and really just, I was forced to surrender. It wasn't mm-hmm. as much as I would like to think, you know, I surrendered on my own. No, I'm a Virgo. <laughs> it's very hard. It's very hard. 
and it took the dissolution for me to really just surrender. And when I did that, what's amazing is that now I have the deepest amount of faith and trust I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Because once you see the magic of the universe, you mm-hmm. can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know how to explain that. People are always like, no, because like there's too many things I can't. There's Something's happening, <laughs> obviously, because it's too... It's not coincidence. It's just too crazy. Yeah, and you can't ignore it. The synchronicities or things mm-hmm. that happen in life mm-hmm. that lead you to where you are. But it's such a hard place to get to. What has helped you? Are there tools that you have employed in times where you're having a hard time surrendering? When I've done all I can do, I honestly, I don't know a better way to say this. I just keep moving forward. I just trust and just keep moving forward. I don't know when the next thing is coming. I don't know where it's coming from. I just, I continue to walk forward in whatever avenue I'm taking at that time. Um, That's the biggest thing for me. And like you said, I've had these spiritual awakenings where I've seen those manifestations come. So I know that it's there. I'm still doing well. I still have a roof over my head. I still have the necessities that I need. So I'm still okay. I'm okay regardless and I'll be okay. So I hope it answers that. No, it does. And I think, you know, what she said, but also having a strong support system around Mm. you just to remind you of those things. Because we're all human. We all have human moments. Um, You know, we do a great job of holding each other accountable and reminding of when I have opportunities um, and I need to be reminded of like, hey, it's gonna be okay. You know, life is challenging and it's challenging for everybody. And also just realizing that no one is exempt. We all went through a pandemic together. Mm-hmm. No one was exempt from that. It doesn't care how much money you have or how much access you have. We all had to deal with it in different ways, obviously, but we all had to deal with it. And so, you know, there's a quote, like we're all the main characters of our own story. I think you said that. Mm-hmm. They're all the main characters of our own story. Yeah. <laughs> and so we think that everybody around us is just like supporting characters, but no, they have their own journeys as well. Mm-hmm. And so once everyone, once you realize that everybody's going through something to some degree, you know, it's, it makes it easier to be like, okay, I'm not alone in this. I may feel isolated and alone, but you're really not. And, um, you know, just get through it. It's, all gonna be, it's always gonna be okay. Yeah, and I do wanna add to that. I think having a strong support system is important. But I also want to emphasize sometimes people who are more marginalized don't have a support system. So it is about finding inner peace and inner Mm. strength and how you get there. It is a spiritual journey. So especially for the viewers and listeners um, that are trans or non-binary, I know it's sometimes a lot different. Um, So finding your own strength and believing in yourself that you are going to be okay is so important as well as having a, a support system as well. If right. you're if you're privileged to have that, I think that's a really beautiful refinement. Mm-hmm. Even a support system could be someone listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be someone who's actually physically in front of you. Yeah, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. I think that I have found you know the support for me is not that I read thinkers and you, you see a thinker or a writer that you feel very seen by. You don't have to like be in the room with them. Yeah. But for me, a lot of because I grew up in a place where I didn't really fit in. I wasn't you know whatever, the the conforming narrative wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. And I found so much solace, whether it was in like fashion magazines or books where I was like, okay, there's people out there that are like me. Yeah. And I may not know them today, mm-hmm. but I know that there's a world out there that exists that I can be a part of. And so the, the faith of knowing who you are and enduring and then saying, I'm gonna be okay, because bad things happen, but I also think resilience is a muscle. Absolutely. And the more that we go through stuff, the better tools we have to be like, okay, like now things that felt devastating 10 years ago can happen and they feel less devastating because I know I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very Absolutely. true. Very painful. But, you know, you're like, yeah. I know this won't, I won't always be in this zone. Sometimes yeah. there's a lesson in pain though. I think you have to experience pain to experience joy and to appreciate joy when it does come. Um, so there's a lessons in pain and all of that. I love everything you just said. That's really true. Mm-hmm. I know you really do appreciate the light when you've experienced the dark and that's mm-hmm. the unfortunate part of humanity mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. is that you don't appreciate it as much if you don't right, right. Say, ignorance is bliss it's really incredible yeah. not only making docs making tv shows making music <laughs> you're changing law yeah yeah, the, wor- this, the work has to be done. It has to be Who's done. Who's gonna do it? Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but I, I just am acknowledging what a lift it is because, you know, I think it's hard to get a show through Hollywood. You're talking about getting a bill passed through politics where yeah. there's such binary thinking at this current fear-based thinking at this mm-hmm. current time we live in. I just want to acknowledge how much I, I know how hard that is and how much work it takes, and mm-hmm. I'm very grateful. Thank you. But it's. it's also, I might acknowledge like people like you with podcasts like this to kind of get that word out because it takes. I mean, with everything that we do, it's the cavalry. If it was just us two, 
it wouldn't work the way it does. Mm-hmm. We have such a great people want to learn, like she was saying before, people want to hear the truth. Yeah. And so just having those that those people to kind of push it out there really makes a difference. Yeah. And those that vibe with authenticity will vibe. You know, you vibe with that, we vibe with that. So it's like a working calvary, like Jay yeah. said. Um, we vibe on the dance floor when we first met I was like, I was like, we vibe. <laughs> I was like, the vibe was on the dance floor. Upstairs. Energetically, energetically, it was all there. That's yeah. all it is. Full circle moment, because we were in this building. We were where in this we building. Yes, we were. Was it this building? Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. Yes. How funny. Yes. Full circle moment. I know. Years ago. <laughs> what a treat. Before the panty. Before the panty. <laughs> before the panty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a treat. Well, thank you guys so much. I'm so so glad we could do this and i feel so honored that you agreed i know you're very picky about what you do um but i think it's you have so much to share and so much wisdom to share and so i'm just very grateful that you did it with thank me. you yeah thank no you. it was a no-brainer like you know we love you oh, and I so you and your message was very transparent oh, and resonated with us yes. so oh, thank you before we go we're going to do our rapid fire okay. okay so just trust your gut okay no right or wrong answers what would you tell your 20-year-old self? It's going to be all right. <laughs> You're the beep, and you got this. That's right. Uh-huh. That's what every 20-year-old needs to know. Mm-hmm. You're the shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, we curse on this podcast. Um, what is the last book you read? Oh, gosh, the last book I read. I forgot the name of it, but it was by Richard Branson. Um, the Virgin Mogul. Mm, okay. Um, the last book I read is from a now deceased uh, trans actor, Lady Chablis. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in the movie Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Yeah. Um, I read her book. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. I, I try and read all the books that are said to me on the podcast. I'm very behind, but it's always in the queue because mm-hmm. I want to really, you know, read from everybody's wisdom. Yes. What are you struggling with right now? What am I struggling with? I am, I don't like the word struggle. Yeah, I'll just struggle. What I'm learning now is how to be good to myself when I'm not in front of the camera. Mm. I am such, um, how do I say, I'm such a workaholic. And I, for good reason, there's so much to get done and I'm so passionate about helping the world. Um, But I'm learning how to balance and be good to myself. Take a break, it's okay. Go on vacation, it's okay. Um, loosen up a little bit, it's okay. You know, I'm always thinking of what's the next thing? How can we make equality happen now? What's the avenue? That's me all the time. Really? <laughs> no, but it keeps me up at night. Because it's like systemic change happens over a long period of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, okay, but solutions now, solutions now. Because mm-hmm. I really believe, like you, we have all the tools. Mm-hmm. Everything we need is here. Mm-hmm. It's just about the right, the the right like confluence of people tipping mm-hmm. the system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's so hard to coordinate in the right way. But yes, I'm with you. But that's because you're so we're passionate people, and it's from our heart. So my thing is balance, balancing happiness, joy, and and just letting go a little bit. I love that. Yeah. Ooh, um, my answer is actually similar. Um, balance. That's actually the mantra for 2023 um <laughs> just having balance and uh also being more present kind of how we said before with the sb813 i was just going 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 and then realized after i was like whoo and i think that a lot of times because i have tunnel vision mm. with certain things mm. i'm not necessarily living in the moment you know and especially with travel too i mean i remember one time i woke up in a hotel a gig in Tennessee. I had no idea where I was because I haven't been traveling so much. And that happens all the time. Yeah, and I was like, where am I? What time is it? Am I late for something? And I was like, oh my God, I'm completely not present. And so just being more present um, with things that are happening and then also just that balance, you know, taking a beat to myself and, you know, going on vacation for a second. Even just a staycation, that's mm-hmm. fine as well. Putting no, the, it's so important. Yeah, I'm a slave to my emails. It's really bad. So just kind of putting that also you down. have to give yourself... I talk about this a lot on the podcast. We've had a few people on about it, how like boredom is good for your brain mm-hmm. and good for creativity. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't take the time for stillness, you're actually hindering your own creative mm-hmm. process. Yeah. So you have to do it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So rejuvenation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is bringing you joy right now? What is bringing me joy right now? Um, all of the things in the works that have been brewing, the music, 
the Sir five Lady years Java, in the making. Five years in the making. Um, the Sir Lady Java project, um, Beyond Dead Buck and the success that we've had with that, winning six awards and still changing bills and laws. Um, all the things that we've worked towards and, and put our planted our seeds, those things brewing now is bringing me a lot of joy um, because each one of them have a purpose. Even my song, there's a message in my music as well. Everything that I'm doing has a purpose and I know that it's going to resonate with people and hopefully be an impact. So I'm happy with those things. Well, you went first and took my answer. Uh -oh. um, <laughs> but so I'll say something different. Uh, what is bringing me joy right now? Uh, okay. Uh, we have been around some older people as of recent mm. and just listening to their stories and they're from Los Angeles as well. So it's kind of hearing about just old black LA mm -hmm. and their experiences has really been just eye opening. I think there's a disconnect um, when it comes to generations, mm. um, especially here in Los Angeles because everyone's a transplant. So you don't really are not really around people um, who are from here or just even have, and they're part of the community as well. And um, just hearing those stories and seeing pictures and all mm -hmm. things like that, it's, it's been really fascinating. Very yeah. cool. I think also too, to, to piggyback off of what Jay said, I think it's important for the young to learn from the old and the old to young learn from the young. I think nowadays people are just talking and talking and talking and no one's listening enough, like we said earlier. So hearing those old stories and, mm -hmm. and these are specifically trans women in their 80s now wow. that he's referring yes. to. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, so hearing how they navigated in the 60s and 70s and how they got through and just a lot of the knowledge and wisdom they have is so mm -hmm. impactful to what we're doing now mm -hmm. and we're learning so much and observing yeah. and absorbing so much. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. Now, even pretty. on a personal level, it's just, it's just, it's fun. It's it is fun. Yeah. It is. It it's is. Fun. Now, I think there's so much wisdom to be learned from age, and we don't really mm -hmm. value it in our culture, but mm -hmm. we really should because there's just that level of life experience. Yeah. It's a cycle of life. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's going to keep going. We'll be older, more mature one day, and the next generation will come, and it'll be a cycle of life. We're learning from each other. That's, mm -hmm. that's what we're here for. Exactly. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Balance. Balance. Nothing can work without balance. Love cannot work without balance. A healthy lifestyle cannot work without balance. A successful lifestyle will not work without balance. Everything needs its time and place for it to work. Absolutely. Um, mine comes from my dad. I'm not going to give you the context of the story, um, but I was that the 21 uh, self that we talked about earlier. Um, I was having a moment, and my dad told me, "You're only given a certain amount of energy per lifetime. Use it wisely." And I was like, oh. And that had to be at least, you know, probably almost 20 years ago. Wow. And that really just stuck with me. And he probably doesn't even remember telling me this, um, but that really just hit me. And when I'm ever having a moment, you know, what is my energy? How's my energy contributing to this? Mm -hmm. Am I wasting energy on something that doesn't matter? Is this even going to matter in 20 minutes? It's going to matter in a year. Mm -hmm. And so that really just helps me just kind of just calculate and like focus on things that really truly mean something to me and to the world as well. I want to I want to add too to that because it's kind of the same that this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. This too shall pass. Everything that is so important, like you're saying in that moment, probably won't even matter a year from now. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like when I remember when I wasn't asked to prom, and I remember in high school I was just like, this is my life is over. You know, this one moment I was supposed to have in high school, mm -hmm. I didn't have. And it was so devastating at the time because it, your world is so small and it feels so important. Mm -hmm. And then now I'm like, who the hell cares? But at the time, <laughs> it felt the way like, yeah. you're like, no, it's just so, such a small, yeah. we have to remember that the world is so much bigger than our own internal narrative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And at the moment, like, that was a big deal. And that's okay. No, but, no, totally. It was, but high, in, high in sight, like, yes. now that we're, I'm literally you know, like, thank look God. Look at you now. Yeah. Respect. Uh -huh. You know what? Thank God. <laughs> yes, thank God. Somewhere down the line, we learned that lesson. Yes. Yeah. Now time for some really profound, rich takeaways. As Haley said, the true richness of who we are is from our humanity. I'm going to say it again because I really loved it. The true richness of who we are is from our humanity. We're not supposed to hoard our knowledge or resources, but rather share it with the world. I obviously resonate with that one. That's the main reason this podcast was created. 
was to dispel a lot of the genius that I was encountering and felt so lucky to encounter. Doing what's right can never be wrong. This one I love because it's so crystal clear. And the moral compass of Jason Haley is something I really admire. And it's that simple. Doing what's right can never be wrong. Truth is a sacred value we need to hold dear. More and more, we've become comfortable with keeping things gray, embellishing the truth. But truth is a sacred value we need to hold dear. Trust the timing of your life. This one comes up a lot. I know it's hard, but we have to trust the timing of our lives. I loved this reframe. It's not weaknesses. It's an opportunity. I think Jason Haley are masters of the reframe, and I really, really love their strategy in reshaping how they see the world, but also how they speak to themselves. We are God. We are the higher power. It lives within each and every one of us. Thank you guys so much. This was really just Thank you. Um, like nourishing. Thank and I'm you. very grateful. Likewise. Mm-hmm. Likewise. Likewise. Thank you all so much for listening. It really does mean the world to me. If you could take some time to subscribe, not only to our audio channel, which you can find anywhere that podcasts can be found, but also our YouTube with all of our video episodes. If you can subscribe, rate and review, it would make such a huge difference to us. I want to give a big, big thank you to Parentheses Produced, Wine Designs Media, Young Spielberg and Young Scorp Consulting. This really couldn't happen without any of them. This really is the little pod that could. Thank you guys so much and see you next week. Thank you.